This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing high ball! Built to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, coming to you here from the 1957 conference room at, in the offices at Truist Park, across the table from my, my co-pilot, uh, Greg McMichael, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, partner, let me be the first to say, happy anniversary <laughs> to us. Three Thank three you. years ago this, this week, we launched this podcast, and now, somehow or another, we're still here, people are still listening, we're over 100 episodes, uh, hundreds of thousands of downloads, and we figured what way better way to celebrate that than bring on the first the person that we had on for our very first episode way back in 2018, Tom Glavin. That was awesome. Yeah, I was excited that uh, he was going to be back in town doing broadcast tonight, and it just worked out perfectly. Yeah, it just seemed like it's been been that long but uh went by pretty fast guess we've been having a good time i know i remember, I remember when we launched this thing i was like gosh <laughs> i hope this works and is anybody gonna listen and oh my gosh thank goodness you got us such great guests like glav out of the out of the box that got us rolling and, and got us off the ground but it does in some ways it seemed that that does seem like it was three years ago when I think about all the life that that's happened then not just in the world obviously a lot's happened but just mm-hmm. even in personal lives and all that kind of stuff but at the same time I feel like we were just sitting with him on the couch for that first episode like last week or something so it's just crazy how it goes by. yeah and I mean think about all the great baseball that's been played yeah you know in this organization we've been very fortunate that what Alex has done and Snit and just the great players we've been able to get to see day in and day out of course it makes it a lot of fun I mean if you're playing on a team that's losing 100 games, it wouldn't be a whole lot of fun to talk baseball every day. But we've just been able to watch, you know, like Rosario hits, goes for the cycle. Freddie goes right. for the cycle. I mean, MVP, uh, Acuna, almost 40-40. I mean, just think about the last, you know, over those 100 episodes that we're doing, a lot of stuff. We've seen the emergence of Austin Riley and Ozzy Albies. And um, just, we've had just a great, and now Adam Duvall and what he's doing and it's just been exciting. It's been a lot of fun. You know, I'm a Braves fan as much as anybody, even though I work here and I played here and I got to watch some great Braves baseball, you know, throughout my career. And, and, and now it just seems like we've picked up right where we left off. And, and year every year we think about, well, can we do, can we be as good as we were last year? I mean, we won the division and then all of a sudden some guys get hurt. And it's like, oh no, there's no way. And then Alex makes some unbelievable moves. So I think it's been a privilege to be able to be here and to talk about this team and this organization and what they've been able to accomplish over the last three years. It's, it's been a great ride. Absolutely. As you were sitting there talking about, it, I was thinking when we first, we taped those first episodes, the Braves hadn't won the division yet that year in 2018. I think we launched shortly 
shortly after they had won it, but they hadn't won it yet when we taped, and now we're sitting here and they're chasing their fourth in a row, which is pretty amazing. I mean, you mentioned Austin Riley. He hadn't even made his debut yet. He didn't mm-hmm. make it till May of the following year, and now look at him. He's a legitimate MVP candidate, so it is pretty amazing to see all this happen. <laughs> Hopefully they, you know, for the East, that's the marketing campaign yeah. right now. Hopefully they make it four in a row. We're sitting sitting pretty good, but, it, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, well, but I, I'm with you. It is. It has been, and I think that's the perfect word for it, an absolute privilege to get to, to sit here and do this with you every week and the amazing guests that we've had uh, oh of all walks of life too which has been really really cool uh, I think and you know what's cool is we're three years over 100 episodes in and we're already looking like we've been kicking around guest ideas and looking ahead to like okay what, what are some things we can do when the off season gets here which we hope isn't until November and we're still we're still not about out of ideas and, and different things we can do and explore which is really really exciting to me yeah part of me was thinking okay so how can we do this every week yeah. and how can we who can we talk to but we just have such a an unbelievable fan base and former players current players that are all willing to come on and talk about their experiences i mean i was just thinking about rico cardi one of our favorite guests he's been here in town he was at uh, the last alumni sunday and, and then of course you know phil Negro's no longer with us hank aaron's no longer with us and you know we hate that and but we were able to get them on the podcast and and spend that time with them and so there's been a lot to you know to celebrate over these last three years and hope it keeps going yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and as long as they'll keep letting us uh they'll keep putting it out there right then uh, then we'll keep doing it i know well it's funny now how it's all worked out like we literally taped this show now at the halfway between point between your desk and mine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you pace it out it's about the halfway point it so. works out a little bit better than going all the way down to the lounge of course right now the lounge is the daycare for the current That's team right. uh, they got kicked out of their the family room because they're doing testing right so we don't know how much longer that gonna last but hopefully we'll, at some point we'll get back to the alumni lounge i don't know i'm getting we're not kinda, sweating it i'm getting kind of cozy in here this is kind of we nice. just had some catering then you know well well i'll i will <laughs> consult with uh, doug layman your he, kitchen's closer than mine you could well that's okay see i was gonna get i was gonna, doug layman who does a great job managing the press box uh, oh, okay. area i was gonna see if we can get him to just start get, sending some hot dogs and popcorn okay. down here but i mean i can bring stuff from home too it's it's got some, i just i just reloaded the fridge on string cheese uh oh, you did. so okay. i can bring some of that over yeah well that would be that would be great or we might find a sponsor well now that would be the way to i go. mean you know i listen to the radio sometimes on the on the drive-in i'm not a big podcast guy so i don't have a whole litany of podcasts <laughs> wait, wait, wait hang on hang on i love that i love that the co- my podcast co-host just says i'm not a big podcast guy i should tweet that well, out right now i'm not other, a big guy other t- other podcasts <laughs> okay fair. but i do listen to my my boy Finnerin on you know the locker room and sure. 680 and those guys and and they're always talking about they got sponsors that bring them food in the morning to try out different things and I thought that's a pretty good gig I don't know how that happens but they were always talking about that and maybe that's something we should try I mean you never know oh I'm not I'm certainly not picky as you can pat my belly as you can tell <laughs> I'm not either and there are certainly I mean you think about some of the great restaurants that are based out of here in Atlanta oh my I gosh mean, my around goodness. the battery oh my gosh here in the battery unfortunately. yeah unfortunately it's tough on the pocketbook uh, you know? some well 
So, you know what? A, a restaurant, or the battery. In your case, in my case, it's a wallet. Here's the pocket. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it, if, if some restaurant here in the battery sponsored us, they would instantly regret that because then you and I would be, we'd be walking out of the office down there for lunch every day. Just put it on the sponsor. Well, you wonder know, if Antico's does any sponsorship. Oh my gosh, that would be. Uh, that is our. That Holy is, cow! Whenever we have like the marketing department here with the Braves, whenever we have like a, a big brainstorming session mm-hmm. or like we just. Just had a, uh, a postseason session what, last week, right? Talking about potential. Okay, if we make it to the postseason, if and when we make it to the postseason, here's some things we need to do or whatever. Or I think a couple weeks back, we had a 2022 planning session. And those usually last a few hours, and it is the tradition. It's every time there's a stack of Antico pizzas in there wow. for us. Now, it's, we're not getting them for free. Yeah, we're well, paying I know. for yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, But I'm that's like... figure out how to head to those meetings. You can come on down. I'll, I'll I might put have you to start there. having my own staff meetings. Uh, please the do. alumni relations staff meetings and have a stack of pizzas. It'll just there be me. Yeah, it'll just be you. <laughs> I'm the only one in alumni relations. I'll be your trainee for the day. It's fine. Just if you're having pizza, I'll, I'll join your department for All it. Right. That'll be All fun. Right. I'm just tickled to death that we're still here. I'm kind of having one of those moments where I'm reflecting on just, man, not knowing where this is going to go, but but literally that thousands of people tune into this show every week. It means the world to me. I know it means the world to mm-hmm. you, especially you, not as a podcast guy. Um, but no, it, it is it is, it is is really special and to know that there's folks out there listening. Um, actually, it was, it was a few days ago, a guy I know from back home, uh, give him a shout out. His name is Michael Schaefer. He sent me a message just out of the blue on Facebook and said, hey, man, just wanted to tell you, I listen every week to you and Greg nice. on Behind the Braves. You guys do such a great job and please tell greg and all that so and those little things or a couple like i somebody stopped me out in the battery yesterday and told me the same thing that how much they love listening to you you and i and our, our guests mainly you know because it's not you and i it's the guests well, i mean know? yeah we've got some pretty stout guests we so do that's good we do so we very much appreciate it and we made it three years 100 episodes so hopefully in 2024 we're talking about episode 200 and another that'd be great three years and hopefully we're both wearing brand new shiny world series rings by the that then. would be you already got one but I need one to go along with you. Yeah, so. I can always use another one. I, I, amen. There you go. <laughs> well, let's talk to the, the 1995 World Series MVP. Uh, here he is, Tom Glavin. Strikeout number eight for Glavin. Well, it has been almost a hundred, over a hundred episodes since you've been on. You were our first guest. It's hard to believe. Three seasons ago, yeah, this so, week, three years ago, this, how about this that? September twenty fifth. Yeah. I went and looked it up. <laughs> yeah, so we're pretty excited. I mean, just the fact that somebody's listening to us for three <laughs> seasons—I didn't want to say it. allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So we uh, we've had a great time, and and we wanted to have you back on. Not only is it Childhood Awareness or Cancer Awareness Month. But um, also just kind of our anniversary been in uh, 100 years, or 100 years. Does it <laughs> just like seem like 100 years? years with <laughs> so it is. There it is. No, 100, 100 episodes and then just being able to do it's been a lot of fun. So wanted to have you back on and appreciate you coming in. And specifically wanted to kind of catch up, see what's different with you and then talk about your involvement with Cure because you've been a long time proponent of, you know, working with this organization. You guys, you and Chris have done a lot of work. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with them and because it's been how many years now oh man it's been uh, a long time i mean probably close to uh 20 years now and um you know certainly not the capacity that um probably the last six or eight years but uh been involved with them for a long time now and and um you know got got to know more about childhood cancer than i probably care to um get to see uh a lot more of it than I would care to, but uh, it just goes to show you that, you know, I think sometimes we're, um, we're a little bit 
isolated in our bubble in our worlds mm-hmm. and uh, it's like I say to people um, when when I talk to people about it, it's like listen it, it's hard now not to know somebody in mm-hmm. your circle that does not have a child with cancer um, and you know so it's just it's there um, I think we're obviously uh, much much more aware of it now and um, I think for Chris and I we've just that's been the thing really we've just tried to um, raise awareness to it as much as we can you know because like any any good uh cause uh any um thing that you're involved with that you're trying to uh find a cure for or trying to prevent from happening anymore half the battle is making people aware uh, of what's going on and 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 i still think that to some degree people are are surprised um by how much childhood cancer is in our world Mm. Sometimes they're not, like I say, because it's, you know, virtually everybody you know knows somebody. So mm. um, so we've just tried to raise awareness as much as we can. And, and you know, the more awareness you wave, uh, raise, the more people get involved and, you know, the more money you can raise, which for this disease is vitally important for mm-hmm. research. Yeah. And the Braves, have, we've historically had a great relationship with Children's Health Care of Atlanta. I know the Hudsons are really involved with the Athletic Cancer Award and through their foundation. And um, we've had just a lot of this is there's not a not a, it's not a happy thing. You know, it's not something that it's real pleasant to always talk about, see, but it's just a reality. And I know our foundation is really involved with a lot of the children's charities. And of course, having such an unbelievable hospital right here in Atlanta, we get exposed to um, you know what's going on over there, but as well as we get a lot of opportunities to serve. Yeah, and look, it, it's uh, it's Major League Baseball has been great. Um, you know, the the commissioner's initiative for uh, childhood cancer, uh, the month of September, and the Braves has certainly been mm-hmm. uh, a big part of that. You know, again, it 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 all goes to the end result of trying to you know raise awareness, and and you know September being Childhood Cancer Month, it's it's a big deal. You know, getting things like that uh, to start to happen. Um, was so important, you know, to cure and, and so many of these organizations that, that um, you know, help in the battle uh, against childhood cancer. Again, it's it's the awareness factor and, and you know, simple little things like, um, you know, you see uh, um, uh, different companies now when you get a, a package in the mail and they've got a gold ribbon on there and, and uh, or, you know, I know for my wife, it was a big deal um, when we were here in Atlanta that, you know, you go around the neighborhood and, and people would decorate their mailboxes in a gold ribbon. And, mm. and um, again, just that awareness factor. And, and you know, it, it's neat to see somebody drive down your street and, and see a gold ribbon on your mailbox and say, hey, what's that? What's that all about? And, you you know, you have an opportunity to talk to somebody and they're like, hey, I want to be involved in that. I want I mm. want a gold ribbon. Um, so it's little, it's little steps like that, little battles, so to speak, where you're just incrementally uh, trying to raise more and more awareness to the cause. And, and look, it, it's uh, it's woefully underfunded by our government. Um, less than 4% of uh, the money that is allotted to cancer research by the NIH goes to childhood cancer. Mm. Um, so there's just a great need uh, to fill that gap. And, and it's it's the grassroots things that, um, you know, make all the difference in the world. And, you know, the great thing about Cure um, for the events that we do, whether it's Chris's uh, Quiet Heroes Luncheon in September, which honors the moms of kids with cancer, or uh, the Believe Ball, the black tie event that we do, all that money stays here for research and it's going to doctors here for research. Mm. Uh, and that's so vitally important. Um, you know, obviously that, you know, people want to know that you're, you're impacting your community. Mm-hmm. Like that money's not going somewhere and we never know what it's, where it's going or what it's doing. Um, it's just so much of, of the battle right now is, is that research element of it. Um, 
and you know we've made strides um i think strides are i think they're somewhat a little bit misleading because you will hear um the the figure thrown out there that um you know childhood cancer has an 80 percent survival rate now and that's true but the the downside to that is i would i don't know the exact number but a a big proportion of that is leukemia we've made mm. tremendous strides in 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 leukemia um but there are a lot of other kids cancers and mm-hmm. you know we certainly don't have the same success rate with with some of those in fact there are you know a handful of them uh, like dipg i believe it is that uh, brain cancer that now that it's you know you you hear that a child has that and it's mm. you know there's no hope um so there's still a long way to go uh but we're proud of you know being a part of it and and trying to uh continue to raise that awareness but at the same time you know help uh help fund cure and, and the great things that they do for the families once they get that awful diagnosis. So t- 20 years, how did you and your wife first become involved with cure? How did that, that first meeting take place? So it was um, at our, through our son's school. So our oldest, um, Jonathan, was in elementary school and um, one of the classmates, I believe um, was one or two years younger than him, um, was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, uh, which is a bone, uh, bone cancer uh, that he had in his lower leg. And and, you know, we, like everybody in the school, signed up to bring the family dinner one night. Mm. Um, really didn't know much about it. Um, you know, uh, I don't say this, I don't want to say this callously, but it sounds a little callous. But, you know, you kind of sign up to bring dinner and you think, okay, we're going to go drop off dinner and say hi and kind of get out. Uh, well, we didn't. We went and we dropped off dinner and we were there for probably two hours and, you know, got to talk to the family. Um, and, and that was then when we really got a sense for how little was being done. Hmm. Um, and, and for those of you who know that know my wife, know that in a situation like that, you know, she's, uh, she feels the pain of those families and she wants to take that pain away. And she instantly was like, I got to do something. (laughs) Um, so we got involved, um, learned more about it. And that was shortly after that, um, you know, she just kind of had kept having this feeling of these moms uh, and what they're going through every day. And, and she just wanted to come up with some way uh, to find a day somehow, some way to pull some of these moms together and, and you know, honor them to some extent, but just kind of give them a day of hmm. of being a mom. And, and getting out of the hospital and dealing with all that stuff. Now, you know, you say that, but obviously you have a day like that. They never truly turn their brain off and whatever. But uh, that was the start of or the, the, the seed that planted uh, Quiet Heroes. And, and, you know, she has this luncheon every September and it's really grown tremendously. Um, you know, where we honor, I think the last few years, we've honored 250 plus moms. Um, and you know, it's something that we're really proud of, you know, not just because of the money that that's been raised. I mean, I think she's raised over $5 million, uh, wow. just from that luncheon alone, but it's the network that is created, you know, um, I, I can, or, or my wife can give, um, a parent who's, uh, dealing with childhood cancer, all the words of encouragement and hugs and, and prayers and all of it. But at the end of the day, we can't relate to what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for this luncheon, it's, it's an opportunity to get moms with other moms that get it, that understand what they're going through. Uh, and it's created that network. And, and it's been, it's been neat to, to watch, um, a lot of the moms too, because you know, that, that initial invitation, they're not real sure. They don't, they don't think they want to go and they may not go that first time. Uh, inevitably when the moms do end up coming, um, you know, 
virtually every one of them will find Chris when it's over and it'll be thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, this meant a lot to me. You know, I'm I'm around people who get it, uh, who understand what I'm going through. uh, And it's just created, like I said, that sisterhood of, of, you know, having those moms together and and being able to talk to one another. And and I know it's formed some lifelong friendships. And it's not easy because there are are moms in there uh, whose kids have won the battle and there are a lot of moms who kids haven't Mm. um and it's you know that's a um it's a delicate dynamic when you know you're all in there trying to fight the same thing and and have the same end result but you know this mom's child didn't make it this mom's child did and and you know trying to navigate through all that but uh you know by and large i think it's it's just um such a uh, an uplifting thing for these moms to meet other moms and and have that sisterhood uh and just know that there's somebody out there, in this case, my wife, um, who has a platform and is on their side and, and mm-hmm. is fighting for them and, mm-hmm. and is giving them hope um, that this battle is not falling on deaf ears. Well, I, I, as I was telling you before we started, I live here in the Battery, and I, I think this is a couple years ago now. Maybe it was this year. I can't remember. But I saw one day that there was uh, an event going on here in the Battery featuring uh, the band Blackberry Smoke. And then I started saying, oh, this is with Cure. And then I think you were involved with it as well. And that kind of, that was one of the first things that got, got me to reading up on it, on the organization and everything. It's just really cool, all the different events and, and programs that Cure has going. What For our listeners, what are the best ways for them to possibly get involved and, and start helping with this amazing organization uh, simplest way is cure childhood cure childhood cancer.org that's their website Um, there'll be all kinds of information on there on different events that are going on and it's it's just not not just the things that we do obviously Um, there's a lot of events uh, throughout the year Uh, you can volunteer get involved with some of those things or if you just want to make donations but um, you know again that's that's the the neat aspect of it is it's um, you know it's all walks of life you know and and for us us that uh, the Blackberry Smoke uh, um, concert that ended up here at the Battery, um, you know, that's another one of those things where, you know, we were approached by a bunch of guys who ride Harleys and they wanted to have a Harley ride. And it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, um, wasn't really something, you know, because they were like, hey, would you... Uh, would you do a ride with us? And I was like, you know, I'd be happy to get in a car and follow you guys, but I'm not getting on a bike. Maybe I'm called TP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it, and that's what's really been fun is because it's just through all walks of life. Um, and, and that's, you know, one of the, um, you know, more fun and I guess crazier events is, uh, you know, seeing a bunch of guys in Harleys that are, mm-hmm. you know, out there riding for these kids. And, and you know, it, it gets emotional for them, too. Mm. That's great. Well, we appreciate you talking about that, but uh, we did want to touch base with you on a few other things. So we understand Peyton signed. He did. And have you gotten seen pitch this summer? I did. So we went over there, uh, I guess, Labor Day weekend. Um, pitched a couple innings. Uh, I don't know. It was pretty. It was clean. Uh, I think three strikeouts or four strikeouts in a couple innings. So you know he's doing well. It's been fun. You know it was. You talk about deja vu. Um, you know when he signed, uh, um, we took him down to West Palm, and that's where the so, Nationals. So are? that's where the Nats are. So to, so to be back in West Palm. Wow. Was, it's not the old park, is it? No, it's not the old. But they got a brand new facility, which is nice. fantastic uh, that they share down there with Houston. Uh, fantastic facility, but you. 
you know, you talk about deja vu kind of hitting you in the head. It, military we trail. Him, military trail, <laughs> Okeechobee, the Marriott oh, wow. at Okeechobee. When oh, I walked him gosh. in that lobby, it was like, oh, my God, I came here for my first big league spring training. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I don't think it changed much. No, yeah, you that's know? Right. I mean, it's got a fresh coat of paint. But um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy, um, you know, to go down there and kind of have all that stuff go through your head again and, you know, driving around and going, oh, yeah, I remember going here and this is where the ballpark was and whatever. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm you know, proud dad, obviously. I mean, I know um, and he knows it's a long shot. Um, but he wanted an opportunity. You know, and, and, you know, that's all we all want for our kids, right, is to have an opportunity. And who knows what's going to happen. I mean, I hope, obviously, he makes it to the big leagues. But, um, you know, I just think for him it was a – he just desperately wanted that opportunity to go out and see what he could do on a regular basis. So it's it's been – you know, it's been fun following him. I mean, um, you know, I play part dad, part – psychologist Mm -hmm. um you know as you know the grinds of a season and it's you know heaven forbid you go out there and have an outing where you give up a couple runs and you know the sky is falling and you gotta (laughs) it's okay you know so um there's been some of that not a lot because thankfully it's all been pretty good so far but um and I was excited for him because, you know, as an undrafted free agent, uh, they invited him to Instruction League, which is a huge deal. Nice. Um, so that was good. And, is and it same down there same, or is it out in yeah, Arizona? Same there in, okay. uh, in West Palm. So, so you know, I mean, it's um, it's been fun because you relive a lot of the things that you went through, right? And, and you know, I, the first few conversations were, you know, hey, how's it going? It's like, it's hot. It's a long day. I'm like, <laughs> welcome to pro ball, buddy. Yeah, welcome to the real world. Yeah. So this is what you wanted to do, right? And I'm like, listen, it's not uh, it's not always going to be that bad. I mean, it, you don't necessarily uh, want to be at, in West Palm this time of year all day on the baseball field. But, you know, you got to pay your dues and, and uh, you know, keep going. But uh, it's been fun. So, Isn't so far, it interesting so that college is almost like AAA? I mean, we used to – you know, because I played at Tennessee in the SEC. So we had, you know, Mississippi State mm-hmm. and LSU. We were playing in AAA ballparks. Yeah. And then, of course, they're flying everywhere and they get, you know, treated like, you know, and then all of a sudden you yeah. go, go down and oh, yeah. to the to the Gulf Coast League. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Instructionally. And, and, yeah. And I've said it to him. Uh, I said it to him even when he was playing at Auburn. I said, listen, you know, you got to understand something. If it, And this, not just for you, but it's like everybody who's playing in the SEC. I said, you guys get the opportunity to get out of here and go play ball you're in for a rude awakening when you go and play some of these minor league ballparks because they are nowhere near as mm-hmm. nice as these facilities you guys <laughs> they're are nicer than when you and i play <laughs> yeah but they're not they're not sec nice no uh so i said you guys are it's gonna be a little bit of a rude awakening for you guys but um yeah so it's like i said it's kind of fun to just kind of in my own mind to some extent live yeah. vicariously through him in the sense that you know at, at this level and what he's experiencing going back to when i was there and what mm-hmm. i experienced and what i went through and uh, so it's been fun. What a great experience for him. He's get to see what, you know, well, this is now you have something in common mm-hmm. from that standpoint that, you know, you both experience something that's got to be pretty yeah, neat. It's neat. It's been, like I said, it's been fun. And, you know, I'm just thankful um, that I've been through it and I can help them. You know, I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, obviously had tremendously supportive parents, um, you know, were always there for me and did everything for me. But, you know, if I had a bad outing in the minor leagues and I called home, you know, yeah, my parents encouraged me and and what have you. But, you know, they couldn't have the kind of conversations I can have with Peyton having been through it and experienced. So it's a a blessing to be able to have been through it and and now be able to kind of help him on his journey. I didn't. I didn't look this up, but did you start in the Appalachian League? 
No, I went to. Um, so you didn't go. I went to Pirate City, Bradenton, Florida. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that because I know hot. Ave. Ave started in the yeah. Appalachian League, which is where I started. I wasn't. I was there, but the town in that the Braves used to be in in the Appalachian was League. Pulaski. Pulaski. Uh-huh. <laughs> never played there. Heard lots of stories. Never wow. played there. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Of course, my wife's dad was a doctor, and and he was uh, he was an orthopedic in Marion, Virginia, which isn't very far from there. So I understand, you know, being in a small town, mm-hmm. kind of rural in the southeast. But uh, it was, and, and that's the part. By the way, and this is true. That is the part of like I'm from Virginia, and that is the that area, the Shenandoah Valley, is where I'm from. I mean, yeah. Dad used to race uh, in Pulaski and won a race back there in the late <laughs> right, '80s. So right. I'm. Hey, Nolan Ryan started Piston Marion, Virginia. Did he really? Yeah, I did not yeah, know that. Wow. First, first uh, um, minor league town, but that's a great experience that you guys will forever be able yes. to. Whether he goes on beyond that, I right. hope he does. But but just being able to to have that bond between jazz you guys, I'm sure that's that's uh, that's special. Yeah, I I, I went on and uh, when we knew we were going to have you on. I looked because it was funny thinking about how three years ago we had you on for our first episode. And I think in that first episode we were talking about. I think he just started at Auburn, uh-huh. and we were talking about like well, what's that process like getting him moved into school. Mm. And now here we are, and he's yeah. a pro ball player. Um, I I went on his uh, Instagram and just saw the pictures of of you and, and your wife with him signing and stuff. I just that was. That's cool. That's just those kind of mm-hmm. things that if if you haven't seen it, if you're a big Glavin fan, you ought to check that out because it's a it's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, it was so. a it was a neat experience to be able to do that with him, like I did with my parents. So it was mm-hmm. cool. That's awesome. So you've uh, you're back in town for some broadcasting. You still enjoying that? I am. Yeah, I'm here. You know, uh, Frenchie kind of left them in the doldrum, so I had to come in and kind of you know wow. rescue everybody. Yeah, and get I mean, things <laughs> back on track. So I'm two and zero. Oh, yeah, I'm you are. True. Yeah. So I picked up two games in the standings. So I didn't think about it that yeah, way, but I think so. you're right. Right. Yeah. You just kind of warm yeah. out. I, yeah. So, no, I enjoy it. It's fun. You know, it's... um. um I, I love um, love working with Chip. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are. Um, well, it's not the love. I know, but it's funny. I, the, poor, the poor guy. I see some of the stuff on Twitter, and I'm just like, oh, what? What is wrong with people? But you know, he he. I don't know. What people, are they upset I about? I, I, I don't know. What you can be upset about? Who knows? Chip? I mean, is he talking too much about hitting out of the ship, not hitting away from the ship? Maybe. I mean, I think people either love him or they've you know got a bone to pick with him. Oh, and I can just, from a professional standpoint. Uh, he makes it so easy, um, mm-hmm. and he makes it fun. So it's uh, that part's been great, and you know all the all the people we work with. I mean, they're they're super dedicated to what they do. They're um, you know they they do a ton of research and a ton of homework. So it you know makes it easy for me to come in and kind of do my thing. But uh, it's been fun. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's a fun team to watch. Um, you know, obviously, we weren't sure what to expect when when Ronald went down, but um, you know, they've uh, to their credit, they've you know they found their way and they found their niche, and and obviously a lot of that has to do with Snit and the coaching staff, and uh, certainly with Alex and everybody bringing on all the guys they brought in at the trading deadline. So you know, it's uh, it's interest it's interesting to watch it all unfold, and it's going to be fun here. You know, down the stretch. Um, you know, I know Braves fans would love to see um, the Braves run off and hide here in this next week or so, but I really love to see that Philly series have some meaning. I really would. Uh, you know, obviously wanting the outcome to be what we all want it to be, but, uh, you know, just the competitive part of me and knowing what that felt like uh, and 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 some of those pennant races that I was a part of that you know came down to the last day a couple of times yeah. uh, and knowing what that felt like it was it was a ton of fun but you know I, I, like I said I say that saying it, it would be fun to have that series be mean, really meaningful but obviously knowing we were going to win and everything was going to be fun sure. so. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I, I, I predicted in a marketing meeting with the whole department here at the Braves about a week, week and a half ago, I said, uh, the clinch is going to happen, game two versus the Phillies here here at home, September 29th or whatever. And so then the, Colo- the Colorado series and the San Francisco series happened in my first meeting back after that. They were like, so how are you feeling about that September 29th thing? I was like, until the math says it's not right. possible, I'm going to stick well, with you're, that. Well, so. you're still, you're in, good, you're in a good place right now, right? We get another day like we did yesterday. And that's, we're all right. You know, and, and it's like, that's what I, I try to tell people, right? It, it's people get aggravated I think sometimes with baseball players because it's a cliche driven world mm-hmm. it's a very m- emotionally monotone world and and people have a hard time un- understanding that mm-hmm. and and it's it's these last 36 hours is the reason why we do it right Sunday we're yeah. only a game up and the sky is falling and now here we are two days later and everything's right in the world again and we're three games up so it's and that's that's the reason why as a player you have to do that it, because there's so many ebbs and flows in the season and and the season season is so long and you know what you're worried about today mm-hmm. a week from now is like a blip on the screen uh and it and it's just you know it, it's from this perspective being away from it and, and and broadcasting now it's just uh it's it's just interesting to watch like i say because you know as a player you do get a little bit more obviously emotionally involved in it and caught up in it and what have you and as a broadcaster and, and fortunately having had the experience of going through it and knowing kind of what the guys are going through what they're dealing with what the fans are talking about and whatever and looking at it all from that perspective uh, it's, it's it's kind of fun to sit back and watch sometimes that's a great point <clears throat> and I know that it as a player we if we were able to give a glimpse to um, like a fan right um, on just how you have to look at it that way there's no way you can be emotionally up and down mm-hmm. for as long as you have to do that job but it would also be interesting to see if you could string all the headlines or all the the talk radio verbiage together over the course of you know the last 10 20 years and yeah. now <laughs> it would just be up <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean every year it's like that right but that's you know gets people talking about it which sure. is what they want right but you it, can't you know, be like that no you can't as a player you can't you can't afford to be emotionally involved as a fan is you know um and 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 it would be impossible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think for fans, it's natural. You you love your team. You um, you you live and die, uh, especially this time of year, on the result of every game. Um, and, and that's the way it should be. That's why, you know, you're a fan and you, and you love the guys you're watching. Um, but as a player, like we said, you just you can't do that because you're so over the course of the season. I know fans hear this all the time, but it's so true. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And if you, you know, you are so as you know so physically worn out mm. this time of the year that if you went through those roller coasters of emotions the way fans do you'd be emotionally wiped out <laughs> you know and it's just be it'd be impossible to do yeah. your job and uh, I know like I said for sometimes fans they get frustrated and think why do these guys not care oh, they do it's just well they- <laughs> think about it when we're in the when we're playing in in October mm-hmm. okay you do have a sense of that and so that's yes. why at the end you are like you've got the flu. I right. mean, you literally collapse after after the World Series because you do live and die on every pitch. But that's only one month. Right. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, doing, doing it the whole year, six right? Months, oh no, you can't do you it. You can't yeah. do it. And and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's it's you know you 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 wonder sometimes. Okay, so you you go through the whole season, uh, especially here, the dog days in June, July, and August, and it's hot, and you're losing weight, and you're mm. tired, and uh, you know you get to September and you're worn out and then all of a sudden you know game one of the playoffs is here and it's like you feel like opening day again Mm -hmm. and it's the adrenaline 
And it's the excitement mm. of, hey, here we are. And, and, you know, yeah, to do that for eight months over a season, mm. no chance. You, you wouldn't be able to do it. Well, I'm, I'm admittedly biased, and I've already convinced my, the fan side of me has already convinced myself and see the path to the World Series parade and all that because that's just how I am, and I do that every year. But I, if I'm trying to be objective about it, I would think as long as the Braves do clinch and make the postseason, should face the Brewers, and I'm sure that everybody will, I mean, the prognosticators will all pick the Brewers, and I get that totally. Their, their rotation in particular mm-hmm. is they can throw a one, two, three out there that I would put against anybody else in baseball right now. So I get that. But is there, you always hear about teams that get hot going into the postseason. First of all, how, I mean, can you get hot in a week or two and really carry something like that that can carry you all the way through an entire postseason? I mean, is that, I'm asking as a fan, is that a real thing that is that is tangible? It is. Um, you know, and I think we talked about this, uh, I talked about this last night on the broadcast during the game. You know, you, you look at this Braves lineup right now, um, and, and the middle of that lineup's got some thunder. I mean, there there's some guys you got to navigate through. Um, you know, last uh, the 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 lineup last night was Soler leading off, Albies, Freddie, uh, right on uh, or um, Riley Duvall. Yeah, right on down the line. <clears throat> there, it's not an easy thing to navigate through, and. You know, I made the comment last night that with all the good things that are going on, we got two weeks, hopefully, to get Ozzy going and get Dansby going. And you can do that. Now, all of a sudden, we're back to talking like we did last year, where, man, this lineup's really deep, mm. and it's really hard to navigate. Now, that's not to say that, you know, opposing pitchers are going out there right now and saying, oh, I'm going to pitch to Ozzy and I'm going to pitch to Dansby because, you know, whatever. There is a little bit of that. You know, I can speak from experience when, you know, a guy's hot, the guy's hot. When he's not, he's not. And you want to know that. And, and you'll approach guys differently because of that. Um, so I think there is time for guys to get it going. But look, at I've also seen guys go into the postseason like, oh, my God. And then, boom, mm-hmm. they flip a switch. And now I'm not a, I'm not a big believer that you can flip a switch, but I think it just happens for some guys. You know, so I've seen that, too. But I think that, you know, the to me, I was always like in some of those years that we clinched early, um, you know, I know it then shifts to you're trying to keep guys healthy. You're trying to keep guys going. You're trying to whatever. But it was always that fine line, I thought, of trying to balance all those things and play the game the right way, right? Because you can't just go out there and and get lazy mentally and give at-bats away or not bear down on pitches and whatever because you've clinched your division and then think day one of the game of a playoff series, all that's going to come flooding back and here we go, right? I, I was just a firm believer that you got to continue to try to play the game the right way and do the right things and keep that portion of it sharp going into the postseason regardless of where you were but I do believe that if even if you're doing all those things as a team but individually you might have a guy or two struggling that yeah that you know there there could be something that last weekend of the year that clicks with a guy mm-hmm. offensively you know there yeah. could be something that clicks with a with a with a pitcher starter or reliever that comes out of the you know comes out there and throws uh, one of those games and it's like ah okay there it is you know so mm-hmm. it, it happens but um you know, I mean, again, I think looking at this lineup, you know, I, I love, uh, I like, I love what Alex did in terms of the guys that he got. Mm-hmm. Uh, gives Snit a ton of options in the outfield. Um, gives them a ton of versatility. Have a pretty good group of guys coming off the bench now, just depending mm-hmm. on who's playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I, I, depending on who they play, you know, I mean, I, they're probably not going to be favored against Milwaukee. They probably wouldn't be favored against the Dodgers. But you know, what I like about this team right now is they got. Three Three guys they can throw out there on the bump that can dominate. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who you are. If you've got three guys that can potentially do that on any given night, you got a chance against anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only thing that just concerns me right now is because Noah and 
in have been hurt mm-hmm. and that kind of messes with your they've not really found it since they've been back i mean they, they consistently it's not like you know week in and week out they've they've pitched really good they've pitched good at times and i'm hoping that over the next couple of weeks we'll give them a couple more starts to where they can they can feel a little bit more confident because it just seems like they're i don't know if Anoa's is trying to do too much or um or what you know ian what they're thinking is but sometimes that can mess with your consistency right. over a period of time so really to me that's the only question mark and then you know uh is the bullpen gonna pitch you know well enough you know on those close games because right now um you know we've had really good stretches and then we've had some average stretches but i, I think our lineup is i'd put it up against anybody's at this point it's I, just, I agree we're i gonna agree pitch enough right and and you know what though the uh, i guess the 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 beauty of that are we gonna pitch enough um i don't care who they play they're gonna add their team's they're gonna, gonna ask the same, same questions <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> so, that's right you know it, it's it's that's the a good point. i mean everybody in baseball is always going to get into that situation they Okay, are we going to pitch enough? Mm-hmm. And you just don't know, right? Yeah. And and I think that's well, that was never our problem, right? It no, was always whether we're going to hit enough. Exactly, <laughs> of course, yes. Um, but no, I agree with you. I mean, I think you know, obviously, uh, Max and, and Charlie have been solid. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ian. You know, it's, it's it's you look at Ian, and you just never know with a guy coming off the IL, right? Particularly for a pitcher. Um, and I wasn't all that surprised. You know, Ian's first start out was a good one, but naturally everybody was talking about he didn't have any strikeouts, right? And then the next game, yeah, okay, we've had some more strikeouts and, and you know, then this last game kind of was neither one of those things, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm not I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I mean, again, I've never gone, never went through, thank God, having to come off the disabled list or, or the, the IL, excuse me, and, and work my way back, but I've seen guys do it. I think it's similar to what guys go through in spring training to where uh, initially Initially, it's you're trying to find command and then you're trying to find stuff and then you're trying to put all those things together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for a guy that comes off the IL, um, you know, I, I was not surprised with Ian. You know, that first game back, uh, I didn't really care about the strikeouts, the lack of strikeouts because he was throwing strikes, getting weak contact. And I felt mm-hmm. like, OK, the more he gets out there, A, the stronger he's going to get and the stuff's going to get better. And B, there is, a, as you know, a little bit of um, re-going through the process of learning how to put guys away, right? It's one thing to go out there fresh off the IL and throw strikes. It's another thing to start learning how, okay, now I got two strikes, you're done. Mm-hmm. You're, you're mine. I'm not going to go from two strikes to three and two because I can't, I'm not able to make that strike three pitch that I'm trying to mm-hmm. make. So you, you, that's a progression too. So um, I, I think in this case with Ian, yeah, there's a guy that these last two weeks of the season, you know, kind of, like I said, had to threw a lot of strikes, didn't have any strikeouts, got some more strikeouts, third time out was, eh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this fourth time out where it, it is all more there, and then hopefully the fifth one even better, and, and you know, when I look at Enoa, you know, like last night watching him pitch, kind of the same thing, he got a lot of guys two strikes and just mm-hmm. didn't make good two strike pitches. Uh, and that, He was trying, he just was trying yeah, too, too, too hard, hard to make it yeah. nasty. I yeah, I mean, and, and, and again, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, um, it, it's so hard sometimes. And, and look, he hasn't had much success success since he's come back off the IL. He's thrown the ball well, <laughs> but he's I think he was 0-3. You know, he hasn't they haven't scored any runs for him. So that starts to play on your mind a little <laughs> bit, right? So I mean it isn't a results driven business, so that starts to play a little bit. But um 
you know, I think there are times where uh, you go out there and you are you try so hard to make that nasty pitch, mm-hmm. and you it it goes against everything you know you should be doing. Like I I talk about it all the time. It's like okay, so a guy just threw a really nasty breaking ball get, to get the strike two. Now the key is that he doesn't try to throw one better for strike three because that's your natural inclination. Mm-hmm. It's like man, you think that one was good. Wait till you see this one. <laughs> and then we and you throw a hanger, and it's like yeah. what the heck just happened. So that that's all part of the learning process. Well, um, we know you got a job to do. You're going up to work with Chip, so appreciate you stopping by, hanging out with us, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing more from you. And, and hopefully, you'll you'll continue to do this for years to come. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, like I said, I enjoy it, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on again. I can't believe it's been a hundred episodes, but um, time does fly, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I know we're all rooting for a deep run in the postseason. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Sounds good, man. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, Braves country. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.